What an honor. Uh, good morning. Is it still morning? Is it afternoon? I can't know what time it is. Still morning. Good morning. It's an honor to be with you. Um, I'm just going to jump in because I, I want to hear from the Lord. I don't want to hear from me. So uh, let's just pray right now for the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for uh, this conference. But Lord, uh, as I prayed last week, uh, we don't want it to be a conference, Lord. We want it to be a movement. We want it to be a move of, of the Holy Spirit, your anointing, your power, uh, your preparation in the hearts of your people, Father. I pray uh, this morning indeed, as Pastor Ken just mentioned, that uh, you would be prophetic with us, Lord, that you would speak by the Spirit in a timely, very specific manner, uh, both, Lord, to the nature of the hour, but also, Lord, to the condition of our hearts. I pray this morning this message will be about uh, the condition uh, of our hearts and the condition of the church and the condition of this nation. That, Lord, you see all. Nothing is hidden from your view. And I pray that as you see, that you will uh, lead us to repentance. I appreciate that that was mentioned this morning, Lord. You call us to a repentant heart as we humbly stand before you. We love you. We honor you. We glorify you, Lord God. No other name, no other name do we stand by. No other authority do we stand in. For if we do not stand in the name of Christ, we better not stand at all. We just give you honor and glory now in Jesus' precious name. God's people said, amen, amen, amen. It's an honor to be with you here uh, with, at Patriot Church and a stand conference. Um, just want to quickly just let you know, just one, um, whatever you want to call it, a, a plug. Uh, if you want to be connected to, that, to the ministry, as Pastor Ken said, there's so much going on. And it's hard to be able to get the information out, as Jeff just mentioned. And so we do everything we can to get the information out, knowing that social media sucks. <laughs> and, uh, and it's crooked and it's, uh, it's wrong. But uh, praise God for alternatives. But uh, I want to encourage you, just uh, go out, uh, check us out on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays when we go live. Of course, tomorrow, while you guys, when I go live, you'll be here at the conference. Uh, so check, us, check the replay out. We'll be on Rumble just check my name, Sharam Hadian, on Rumble, and you can find us there. But just check out our ministry link, T-I-L Ministry, which stands for Truth in Love, because that's what we're called to do, right? Right? The Holy Spirit said that we must equip the body of Christ, equip the church, and we must speak the truth in love. And no other time in church history has it been necessary to speak the truth in love than now. It is absolutely imperative that we are truth speakers, truth livers, that we must live out the truth and speak the truth. So please check that out. Uh, I want to start the, uh, this message. Um, I, I did preface a little bit last Sunday, if you got a chance to kind of see the, the preview of, of what I felt in my heart for this conference and for this time, these three days that we're here, and what God will do coming out of it. Uh, you're already seeing glimpses of what God is doing in this nation. Uh, that there, we, Again, we have been prophetically saying this, that there's going to be pockets of revival depending on our longing for the Lord. God's not going to pour out a spirit on, 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 on an area that, that, that is turned over, but God will pour out a spirit when people are longing and thirsting and hungry. Uh, hungry for the Lord. Amen. So we have to be a people that are absolutely desperate for the Lord. I mean, desperate, like you haven't had water in days. So we have to thirst. But I want to share uh, just, a, just very briefly about uh, my, 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 my salvation. If you don't know me, if you don't know my backstory, you may see my name. You go, well, um, you know, uh, th this is a white supremacist name, isn't it? Sharam Hadian is a white supremacist Christian nationalist name, right? Because that's what we're called here at Patriot Church. And so uh, if, if you're a white supremacist Christian nationalist, you have a Middle Eastern name. That's how it works. Because the left are such fools, they can't even get that right. You know, they can't even get their attacks right. So, um, but I'm, I'm from Iran. I was born into a Muslim background. And the reason I'm sharing that with you is because two reasons. One, um, I served a false God and now I serve the one true God. Amen. And there's no middle ground to that statement. 
There's no compromising to that statement. You're never going to change my mind. When 24 years ago, the Lord showed me in my own testimony, Sharam, once the gospel was presented to me, once Christ was presented to me, once the Bible was truly presented to me, and Christians actually had the guts and the courage to be bold about their faith. Because I knew Christians growing up in, the, in, in, in America, and either they were weak or they weren't living for Christ. And so when Christians finally had the courage, the Holy Spirit used that and opened my eyes and opened my heart. Sharam, now you know the truth. One way is true. Everything else is a lie. And we got to stand on that, brothers and sisters in Christ. If we're going to be a stand conference, and this is going to be more than just a conference, we have to stand on that. That's the first thing we stand on is the name above every other name, the name of Christ. Amen? If we can't get that right, the rest of it doesn't matter. We got to first stand on that and go out into this world and go out into our communities and declare that name. And stop with this compromise, oh, we're all going to get along today and somehow think that we're all serving the same God. We are not. And the second part is I want to share with you that because I serve the false God, I think that when, you, when you've been in a false system, you have a greater discernment to, to smell the enemy out. And we need to pray that Christians would have a greater measure of Holy Spirit discernment to be able to smell the demons in the air and the false spirits and the false teaching that is now permeating not just the culture, but the church of Christ. And so I'll be talking about that as we go. And last week, I mentioned to you that part of what I want to lay the foundation for is we are in a time of resistance. We are not in a time of backing up. I said this last week. Backing up is done. Compromising is done. Having done all to stand, it's now time to advance. We've backed up and we've backed up and we've compromised and we've compromised and we've thought that somehow we can play this game with the enemy and the devil will never be satisfied till he not only destroys our lives but destroys your eternity. And so we must resist the devil with every being in our body and also represent righteousness. The verse that we talked about last week for the preparation for the conference, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Do we see that? Is the day evil or not? Evil day. Satan's time is short. The Bible tells us that. And having done all, do what? Stand. Let me say it one more time. Having done all, what are you gonna keep doing? Stand. What if you get tired? Stand. What if you get uh, uh, discouraged? Stand. What if you get attacked? What if you get called a name? Oh, my goodness. Quit. Who said quit? Pastor. That was Pastor Dale that said quit. We need a prayer circle. Everybody, let's come around, Pastor. Pastor, come on. Quit is not in our vocabulary, right? We will not quit. And that has to be. And I, I shared with you last week that in the, in the Greek, the word withstand is the Greek word antihistemi. It means you're taking an opposite military stand. First of all, you understand you're in warfare. And then you take an opposite military stance. You're standing opposite to the culture. And that's what we have to understand. I'm going to be going up to Wisconsin this Friday and teaching at a youth conference. Man, I wish I could take Hannah with me. Amen? Amen? I was almost like, man, I got to get her a plane ticket and get her up to this youth conference up in Wisconsin. Because the theme of the conference is how Christian young people are going to re-engage the culture. But re-engaging the culture does not mean we agree with the culture. It means we stand against the culture and we re-engage it with righteousness and the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no part of this that you re-engage the culture by finding out, oh, let's, let's find out how much we have in common with the culture. No, the blood-bought Christians are opposite that which is from the culture. 
but we're going to push through because righteousness will prevail. Amen? And the only thing that can exalt this nation again is righteousness. The only thing that can ex exalt America again is righteousness. And there's only one entity that possesses that righteousness. There's only one book that, that speaks of that righteousness, and it's the blood-bought body of Christ. And the blood-bought body of Christ must actually advance with righteousness, armored up with righteousness. The spirit of the age is very strong, isn't it? The deception is very strong. So much of what I deal with in our ministry is deception because Jesus had a lot to say about warning his church about the last day's deception, these end times that we are in. And so whether it's, as, as Hannah was talking about, whether it's this LGBTQ uh, 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 trans, I've said it and I'll say it again, this is a spirit that is against Christ. It is an antichrist spirit. And people get upset when we, when we talk about demons. And I'm not saying that these individuals are all demons that are confused, but the spirit behind it is the spirit of the age. Yes. And brothers and sisters, all of that work of the spirit is to destroy what God has called good and to take away from what God is trying to restore. And you and I cannot participate. We're not going to save one person. We're not going to reach one person. We're not going to be able to get those individuals out of that lifestyle or anybody that is in confusion or deception if we agree with the Spirit. Because the moment you agree with the Spirit, you're covenanting with the Spirit. And we have to covenant with a different Spirit called the Holy Spirit. Amen? And that's why we cannot lie. We cannot bear false witness. Whether it's about the fact that I, uh, someone says, well, you know, I believe all ways lead to God today. No, that, I'm not going to agree with that. That's bearing false witness. Or whether I believe that there's multiple genders or I believe there's multiple sexualities. I cannot come into agreement because now I am bearing false witness. Don't do it. It is not love. It is not what Jesus would do. And I love what Jeff said before I just came up, that Jesus had a way of ticking people off. Now, it's not my goal to get up in the morning and say, I can't wait to take people off today. Do you guys wake up in the morning and say, I just, I'm looking forward to, now sometimes as husbands, we may do that. <laughs> but I generally don't go out into the world and, and think, I just can't wait to tick somebody off. But having known that if I'm going to stand, if we're going to come out of this conference making standing a lifestyle, please don't let this be a three-day thing. Don't let it be like a mini camp where you kind of come to it like, well, that was great. And, and, and you know what? It kind of fortified this leg right here, just this part of my leg. I can stand with just this leg. No, let it fortify all the way up your body, all the way up your back, all the way up your spine. Let it make sure that you are fortified. Now, keep your head uh, flexible because the Lord needs to move you and keep you on civil. But your back better be fortified and your feet better be fortified to stand your ground and go forward. Because this has got to be a lifestyle. We will not compromise. And maybe, just maybe, the world, the remnant is having an impact if we actually take our stand. I saw this headline the other day. Wow, Megan Kelly vows to no longer use preferred pronouns. Maybe, just maybe, there's a glimmer of hope out there that maybe if we take our stand and keep praying that this insanity has gone over the cliff and now they're realizing, you know what? Maybe, maybe those Christians aren't that crazy after all. Now, I don't hold my breath for everybody, but the Lord can do a work and what i want to speak about this morning in greater measure is a prophetic word here now you've heard it said before that we're in a time of choosing and really as uh, before you were a christian like when i was still 
a Muslim, right? That's a time of choosing, right? The very first choice I had to make is whom I'm going to follow, whom I'm going to surrender to. And when the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart that you now know the truth, I knew my choice was clear. I knew our choice is clear. Choose today whom you're going to serve. I'm going to turn to Joshua chapter 24. And I want to be able to make sure that we understand the context. God had done incredible things through Joshua going into the promised land. Remember, they're in the promised land. They've seen God's goodness. Just like we in America came into a promised land, as the covenant pastor was read this morning, right? God blessed our covenant in this land. And he gave us a good land to live in. And this is the land that I fled Iran when my birth country was over, overrun and, and, and fell under tyranny 45 years ago. My, my, my family fled and my dad brought us to America because it was the land of opportunity and blessing and freedom. And here we are 45 years later. I am 45 years later because I'm quite a bit older than Pastor Ken. And I'm a lot, lot older. And, and, and those of you, they don't know if they're not from Patriot Church that we're just months away. Many, many months. Many months. Huge number of months. But I came. My parents brought me. And now watching America throwing the blessing away rejecting the covenant and so this is what happened to the people of God at the time of Joshua they had seen God's goodness they had seen God's miracles and now Joshua is warning them they're at Shechem to make a covenant and we're going to pick up here in verse 13 I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them, you eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. I didn't build this land. I didn't labor. I didn't shed my blood for the freedoms of this land, but yet I got to enjoy them. I got to, be a bl to, to receive the blessing of this land that God blessed because of our covenant with him. And now, where are we at? Look where they're at, verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away. Listen, brothers and sisters in Christ, here's the key. Because America is not going to be turned until we're ready to do what this next verse says. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. This nation now is serving other gods. Yes. And until we're ready to do the work as the bride of Christ to put away, put them to the pit where they belong. And fight that battle, that spiritual first and foremost. We shall not see the blessings once again, as a whole, certainly. But we must be able to wage that war. And then it says, serve the Lord. And here in verse, we'll get to verse 15 in a minute. Notice it starts off by saying, fear the lord and this is this has been on my heart now since the beginning of the year the beginning of the year at patriot church we had a time of prayer and fasting and consecration and we were praying what the spirit was going to do not only here at patriot church but for the move of god in our land and in the world and i with all my heart believe that as we're witnessing as the bible has prophesied a last days outpouring of god's spirit it must be an outpouring that leads us to the holiness of God. The holiness of God. Now, I'm not minimizing the love of God. I'm not minimizing the forgiveness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. All those are precious. 
but it begins with the holiness. What began my journey to coming to Christ? Recognizing what a sinner I am and that I'm serving a false God and I had given my life to the enemy and now I need to give my life to the Lord God. As the Bible tells us, that when we were apart from Christ, we were at enmity with God. You notice there's no middle ground in that statement? There's no, I can stay in the middle. You're making a choice. And today is a day of choice for every single one of us in our walks, in our lives. So we got to pray that part of our stance. See, I think that if we revive the fear of the Lord, I believe that that's going to fortify our stance. It's going to allow us to stand that much cleaner and 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 when i say cleaner with clarity of mind because guess what you're gonna get opposition right You're, you're going against the culture remember we're in the culture we're trying to engage the culture but we're going against the culture as i said last week and so but but we have to have clarity of mind and nothing is going to give us that clarity of mind and the wisdom according to what the bible says than the fear of the lord that awe and the fear of the Lord, and knowing who you serve. Now, let's, speaking of whom you serve, look at the next verse, the next verse here. And if it seems, now why would the Spirit of God, why would Joshua say these words, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Do we understand the question? The question is being posed because the challenge has been there, right? They tasted the goodness of God. They saw the miracles of God as we have in this nation. I think it was Jeff who said, we do not know what yet it means to truly suffer for Christ. Let's be honest. If you want to have a conversation about that as American Christians, let's go talk to some people from my birth country, Christians in in Iran or Christians in China or in Nigeria or in other parts of the world. Let's ask them what it really means to suffer for Christ. We're not there yet. We're getting there. But we're not there yet, which is good news because by God's grace, he's giving us time to prepare, to count the cost and stand that ground, knowing the opposition. So I I believe the question is being posed because the pattern had been there that the people of Israel, though they had witnessed God's miracles and blessings, kept going astray back to their ancient gods false gods rather than serving the one true God and I believe that is absolutely what is happening in this nation and I believe that's absolutely what's happening in the church the church is confused about what God they serve the God of this world the God of mammon the God of fame and pride and and pride And now comes the, 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 the statement that should be our life verse, right? But as for me, come on, come on are you with me? But as for me, Lord, here's my choice. This is the choice I made 24 years ago, and, I'm, I, I, and I don't plan on going back on it. Because when I made that choice 24 years ago to leave Islam, immediately lost my family. My family disowned me. Then I've had, I don't know how many death threats on my life because of the fact that I left Islam and became an apostate. And that's what you get in Islam. Go go to a Muslim country, tell tell them you're a Christian, see how well it goes for you. And I tell you that I made that decision knowingly, willingly, with thought, with faith, with belief, understanding that that choice was going to separate. Choose today whom you're going to serve. But as for me, come on, and my household, that means 
my family, my spouse, my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. And I believe that extends to the church because the church ultimately is the house of God, right? The church is God's family. And I have a responsibility as a shepherd of God, as a pastor, to make sure that we take care of the sheep, protect and feed the sheep. We have to make a decision. Whom do we serve? But as for me, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen? We're going to serve the Lord. And then later, Joshua is very clear. Because the people answered and said, well, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. But guess what they had been doing? Well, you know, like we would ever do that. No, you have been doing it. And in verse 19, but Joshua said to the people, you cannot serve the Lord for he is a holy God. There you go. You see, we think we want to serve. How many of us want to serve the Lord? Amen. How many of us understand he's a holy God? And so therefore, if I'm serving the Lord, I'm serving a holy God who does not bow a knee to any other, who does not come into alignment or agreement with any other spirit and any other truth. We need to make that decision. Otherwise, here's why I'm saying this. Otherwise, when opposition comes, you won't stand. You won't stand. Reality will show. And my prayer, Lord, my prayer. Listen, we can be bravado right now, and we're, and we're in an anointed place right now, and it's a safe, wonderful place right now. And I'm like, yes, Lord, hurrah, let's do it, man. But when opposition comes, when you're standing at the Capitol, Pastor Dale, and, and, and people are, are shouting at you and yelling at you and threatening your life, now you got to really make sure what you believe is what you believe. When people want to kill you, you got to really know that what you believe is what you believe. You got to really be committed. And so that's why I'm sharing this this morning in a spiritual manner. Now, listen, I will say this, and I think the question was already asked. Where are we at in America? Hannah said it, you know, as far as the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, the days of Noah, right? In, in, in the book of Luke, it even says like the days of Lot. Remember what Sodom and Gomorrah, again, so, so let's be very honest. Let's make sure we're being very honest because this has got to be predicated. Our stance has got to be predicated and our prayer for this nation has got to be prayed. And by the way, our recovenanting with God has got to be predicated, as already was mentioned this morning, on the spirit of repentance. Because you're going to see just in a minute that Israel was issued a writ of divorce. God issued Israel, his chosen people, a writ of divorce. And I believe right now prophetically, we are on that cusp and on that decision as a nation. Now, here's the good news. If there's a remnant, anything is possible, right? Amen? If there is a remnant, anything is possible. But we're in that moment of choosing. And if we think that God will not issue a writ of divorce to America when he issued a writ of divorce to Israel and broke them up into pieces, then we are arrogant. And that's the opposite of the humility needed and the repentance needed to seek the Spirit of God. There's no way that we're standing before the throne room of heaven petitioning 
our high king for this land and, and the covenant that was made if we're going to stand on that place of arrogance, thinking, but, you know, and we've heard it, but American exceptionalism, hmm, Christ exceptionalism. Christ made America exceptional. Jesus made America exceptional. The freedoms and the liberties that this land has enjoyed and been blessed with, just like in the time of Joshua, did not come just from thin air. It was only predicated. I was recently asked the question, well, you know, why do you Christian nationalists, you know, again, you know, that's okay, because we're Christian nationalists. And, and no, 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 but seriously, be proud of that, because you got to be a Christian nationalist. The God of the Bible is the God of nations. Not this global system. So you got to be a proud Christian nationalist. Don't let them label what, what they want to label you with. I don't care if they think I'm a Nazi. I know what I am. And I know who God is. And I know what the Bible said about God. And God's a nationalist. You understand me? Be very clear. Leave this building in the next two days understanding the God of the Bible is a God of nationalism. He is not one way, shape, or form for this globalist beast system. But we are at a point of choosing. And as we started this year, I'm going to go back to this. I feel like the Lord wants me to go back to this this morning. That it is going to take a consecrated remnant. Now, I want to quickly just read to you just a brief definition of what consecration means. We don't hear that a lot today, but here's the act of dedicating yourself to the service and worship of God. Let me read that one more time. To the, the act, because it's a choice, right? It's your choice. No one's making you. No one made me. It's your choice where you dedicate yourself to the service and worship both of God of the one true God. Now, when you do that, when you make that dedication, the Bible then says that you're then set apart, which means you're made holy. There you go. We're back to that term again. You're made holy, and now you have a higher purpose. Amen? You have a high... Listen, how does a 15-year-old young lady stand up here at 15 years old and have that level of passion and fire in her by the Holy Spirit unless God set her apart? You see, what happens is that if we're set apart, look what God can do, right? God will use anybody in any shape or form to be able to, to, for his glory because they're going to be set apart. And when you're set apart, that means you're 100% passionate, fully dedicated to his service and to his worship. No other. I don't worship any other and I don't give service to any other. And then watch what God can do. And God also calls us sacred. Isn't that crazy? You're sacred. Wait a second. I'm a sinner. But you're a sinner saved by the blood. Amen? And now you've been declared sacred. That means you're his. You're his jewel. And we got to act like it. We got to act like we belong to him. Here we have in Exodus 32, again, speaking of this choice that the nation was under, again, this is the time where, Mo, man, they, they were in trouble here in, uh, in, in, in Exodus 32. Sorry if I said Acts. In Exodus 32, they were in trouble with, um, with what was going on because um, they kept just turning their back on God over and over again. I want to read to you here in verse 25 of Exodus 32. Look at Moses' description because he's having a conversation. Uh, this is, of course, when, when uh, they, they worshiped, they made the golden calf. Right here, God does the miracle, brings them out of captivity, brings them into the wilderness, but then is going to now take them into the promised land, and they immediately turn on God and begin to worship their false gods and now moses says in verse 25 uh and i'm going to get to 30 29 here in a minute when moses saw that the people were unrestrained for aaron had not restrained them to their shame among their enemies i think that's a perfect example of not just america but the church in america 
The church in America is unrestrained. We have not had enough pastors and enough of the fivefold ministry teaching the body of Christ. Holy Spirit restraint in this culture. And so the prophetic prayer coming out of this conference has to be that not only will the Lord bring a greater measure of restraint among his people. That's why one of the gifts of the Spirit is supposed to be what? Self-control. But also that God will raise up the shepherds necessary, the fivefold necessary to bring about that restraint. That restraint means dis discipline. And discipline has to be taught, and discipline has to be modeled, and discipline has to be prayed over, and discipline has to be lived out, and we have to have accountability. These are all things that must come back if we want to see this land blessed again. Amen. Now we go to verse 29. So then Moses said, consecrate yourselves today, today to the Lord, that he may, may, not shall, may, conditional, bestow on you a blessing this day how many how many of you want the blessing of god on our land again right i've i've been saying this for years when i, I ran for governor back in washington state back in 2011 2012 and i kept saying to everybody we get out every every time and say god bless america and i love the song whatever but i said no 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 we must change that and say america bless god again america bless god again sorry for my terrible singing voice america bless god again it's only that attitude that we must choose today whom we serve that will bring back the blessings of God. When George Washington said, you cannot expect the propitious smiles of heaven on this nation if we do what? Disregard the eternal rules and laws set out by heaven itself. If you violate heaven's laws, if you violate God's laws, then we can never expect the blessings of God on this land again. And then that means we are heading for a divorce. But I don't know where we're going to end up, but we have an option. We have an opportunity, don't we? We as the remnant have an opportunity to once again, but look at what Moses said to the people. When they were in this place of deep, deep, deep trouble with God, consecrate yourselves. Here we have in um, Psalm 139. I think this is part of an attitude that King David showed that I think needs to be our attitude, right? And this is a scary prayer, by the way. It's a scary prayer, doesn't it? Lord, search me. Ah! Hold on, pause. Are you with me here this morning or not? It's not lunchtime yet. I haven't lost you yet. Come on now. Don't be thinking about lunch. Lord, search me. Search me, oh God. That's a scary prayer. Woo! Because that means every nook, every cranny, every inch, every cell, every thought. <laughs> and know my heart. Oh boy. That means my motives, yeah. oh boy, try me, oh no, come on, you lost me now there, Pastor Sharab. I'm not asking God to test me. Yeah. I don't want him to test me. Right. I don't want to be tested. Then you ain't going to stand. Right. Right. Can I be honest? Yeah, right. You ain't going to stand if you're not tested. Mm -hmm. You got to have a little bit of smoke on you if you're going to stand. You know what I'm saying? Listen, the reason that Pastor Ken and I are not just such good friends and our family good friends, but he talked about that loyalty, is because we've been through the fire together. We've stood together. We've stood on, we've, we've watched each other stand in the Lord and not compromise, but we've stood together. So you see, he's got a bunch of fire on him. He smells like smoke and I smell like smoke. Now I'm older, so I probably smell like more smoke. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But we both smell like smoke. Come on. Yes, 
Because we've been through the fire. When you have pastors that have been through, when you have brothers and sisters that have been through, I'll take one of those any day over a hundred that have never been in the fight and never been in the fire. Amen. I got to finish this verse. I'm not done. <laughs> know my anxieties. Oh, dang it. There you go, Lord. Okay. And see if there is, say the word any, any wicked way in me. Any? Did it, he didn't really mean any. Okay, there could be some, right? Now, I'm not saying we're still not sinners. I still got a flesh. But I'm supposed to daily consecrate myself to the Lord and pray this prayer. You want to be consecrated, set apart, sacred, holy? You got to pray this prayer. You got to not just pray this prayer. You got to actually let God do, it, do the work after you pray this prayer. Because guess what? Probably you'll, you'll, something will come up. And the Lord will show you in his mercy and love, got to deal with this. Got to deal with this. And then watch this. And lead me in the way everlasting. Amen? And then I love this. Here we go. Romans chapter 12. Uh, Apostle Paul, right? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, I am beseeching you this morning, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Amen? Which is your reasonable service. The least that I can do for Christ is to offer myself as a holy and living sacrifice. That's the, the, the least that I can do is say, Lord, I'm willing to lay my life down. You actually laid your life down? I'm willing to lay my life down. And he may take it or he may not. But you got to be willing. You got to choose today. Because if you want to serve the Lord, listen, please hear me. If we want to serve the Lord and not be like the people of Israel or the Christians today in America, the lukewarm Christians of the West that are fickled every time something happens, the moment that there's any pushback, we're going to capitulate and go with the culture. There's no way that all of this trans-LGBT agenda would have taken root. There's no way abortion would have taken root in this nation. And we have murdered 60, almost 67 million uh, children if just a remnant of the church of Jesus Christ had said, uh-uh. We're not going to stand and let this take root in our land. We're not. And I can tell you again, having lived through the tyranny and losing my birth country, once that takes root, once that evil takes root, good luck getting rid of it. It's only a work of God. It's only a work of revival. And by the way, that's what's happening in Iran. That's why Iran is the fastest growing Christian church in the world right now, is because by the great power of God under great persecution, they're standing. And the more they stand, the more God works. We are, that's a weird formula, isn't it? The more they stand, the more God. How many of you want to see God work in America? You want to see God work in America? We got to stand. The more we stand, the more God's going to work. The more God works, the more we stand. You see how that works? And so that's, this is the formula. There's no, this is not a, this is not a, this is not a magic. This is not some mystery. It's got to be consecrated, holy, living saints. And then look what it says. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. So we don't just resist the devil. We're going to stand with God, right? And by standing with God, guess what you're going to do? Resist the devil. And the more you resist the devil, the more you're going to stand with God. And now this becomes the lifestyle. A lifestyle that must happen in the body. But we got to pray that God will deal with his church. Pastor Todd said it Sunday morning. Was it yesterday? I've lost track of days. It was yesterday. It seems like it was Pastor Todd said it yesterday morning. 
as the church goes, the nation goes. As the church fails, the nation fails. So we got nowhere else to look but right here. Right here. We got to start here. But with a remnant, with a remnant who are tested, Lord, try me, test me, search me, fill me. Ooh, watch out. That's why Satan hates us so much. That's why all these attacks come. That's why. But listen, until the day that God gives him permission to kill me, I ain't shutting up. You understand what I'm saying? And then if God gives him permission to kill me, guess what? Hallelujah, I'm in paradise. I'm in the glory of the living God. So Satan's still lost. He's a loser. Amen? Stomp on his head. He's a loser. Listen. Listen. It's a win-win. Amen. Listen. God is pouring out his spirit. It's happening right now. And it's happening across this nation, and it's happening around the world. And he is right now pushing. If you remember last year when we did the conference, he is pushing back. And we have this presentation called The Great Pushback because that was a prophetic word the Lord had given me about, you want to counter the great reset? The great reset, the great deception? We need the great pushback and then a great awakening. And that pushback is not just to resist but to take back you understand the pushback means you're taking back you're actually taking back that which belongs to god so this month as we started last sunday this month where pride will come before a fall because we're going to be arrogant and go before our god and 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 say oh look how prideful we're going to celebrate what you have called an abomination and that's not my words by the way that's not sharon being mean that's what the bible says God is taking back. Starts with the rainbow. Starts with the rainbow. Starts with taking back what God gave us as a covenant, a promise to us. It then goes back to the things that God created, right? It starts with our sexuality, what we are. Ladies, what are you? Do you know what you are? I hope you know what you are. Are you confused about what you are? Has the world gotten to you? I hope not. Because you should be able to define what a woman is. Amen? And so I believe that part of this pushback, part of the consecration, is to take back that which Satan stole from God. The very identity. Women. Motherhood. The beauty. And so I believe that, again... We got to pray for that revival of godly women, godly femininity, godly motherhood. We got to pray and take back. That's part of our stance. Remember, we don't stand just to stand. We stand to go forward and take back. And I'm tired of giving it away. And I'm not going to make excuses for it. We're going to just take it back. We're going to just start declaring it. And guess what? You're going to hurt people's feelings. And the people are going to be mad at you. So what? We're going to take back the uh, attack on women. The attack that if you're, if you're a godly woman and you live by the values of Proverbs 31, oh, no, 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 that's not. You, you got to think about yourself, lady. You got to think about what the world tells you you should accomplish, not what the Bible tells you is an accomplished woman of God. Amen. So pray for that revival of women of God, Proverbs 31, women of God. And I know it looks different in all situations in, in the sense of different experiences, but ultimately God wants to restore that which Satan has been attacking and now is attacking. Because it is, it is, a, it is an amazing hour. <laughs> Hannah mentioned earlier the Supreme Court judge. It's an amazing hour that we can't even have a basic conversation about something that is obvious. Ladies, I'm, I'm looking at you in the room right now, okay? And I'm looking at the men. And you look different. 
And I'm not a biologist. I'm not a scientist. I'm not an expert. But you look different. And much prettier, by the way. And I don't want to say to any guy in this room, you look pretty. That would be concerning. If I say to any man in this room, you look pretty, come up and slap me. I give you permission. Don't be telling me, oh, he's a pretty boy. No, ladies, you look lovely. You look pretty. You look beautiful. Because you are beautiful in the eyes of God, right? I'm not just talking about how here, but what's in here. We got to restore, right, what God has, has, has given to men. Oh, toxic masculinity. We have to destroy masculinity because it's toxic. That's a lie from the pit of hell. The church has got to take it back. And so we need a revival of godly masculinity, godly men, godly testosterone. Remember I said that last year? Even our testosterone has got to be revived, men. And I don't mean so that we walk around and, and, and jump off the, bounce off the wall. I'm talking about so that we become men who are providers and protectors and disciplined and honorable and are willing to lay our lives down for that which matters to God. Amen? Men of God, be on alert. Stand firm in the faith. Be men of courage and be strong. Amen? Nothing wrong with being a man of courage and being a man of strength. As long as, here's the caveat, and this goes for ladies too, as long as we are what? Consecrated to the Lord. As long as we are set apart and surrendered to the Lord, we're in a good place. And then we need a revival of pastors. Oh, the woke church. Oh, these woke churches. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, they're, they're killing the testimony of Christ. And so we need the Lord to revive that. We need the Lord to revive. Oh, sorry. I think my time was up. I guess I have a few. I actually have a few more. I didn't realize I have seven minutes left. Wow, that's incredible. It's more than enough. It's more than enough. Here we go. We need a revival of godly pastors. Remember last year when we got up here? And we, had, we prayed for the pastors. And look what God has done this last year. God is raising up. And it, and, and it didn't come from the seminaries. It didn't come from the, as Pastor Dale said, the uh, demon, what did you call it? The demonations. There we go. It didn't come from that. It came from the Spirit of God laying on in hands and calling men to rise up and become shepherds. The black robe. Remember I said last year, we, you know, the frontline doctors, we need frontline pastors. If you don't have the, the frontline pastors, because what is God doing? God is exposing and continues to expose the spiritual eunuchs in the pulpits. There's a way too many spiritual eunuchs. Too many pastors or people or, or, who, who call themselves pastors that are really eunuchs. They're neutered, spiritually speaking. And we need God to revive another breed. And I'm praying. I'm praying for that black rope. I'm praying for that black rope. We need the revival of those men and women in the ministry again who are going to carry the calling and the anointing because that's what's going to break, Right? As Pastor Todd says yesterday morning again, the anointing breaks the yoke. And that's what's going to break the back of the enemy. And then we need a set-apart people who are going to declare that covenant with God. Now, we, uh, I came up with a document last year called the Declaration of Dependence on God. It's right on the front door as you walk out right next to the American flag. We unveiled this last year as a church we committed to it. As a church, we signed it. And, and part of it was coming out of COVID. A lot of this is about COVID because we saw something that I just never thought I would see in my lifetime. Yes, sir. I just never thought I'd see in my lifetime the church of Jesus Christ. And again, I know we use the church very loosely, but I never thought I'd see in my lifetime the church of Jesus Christ so easily capitulate to deception and fear. I just never thought. 
And when Pastor Ken and I were still in Spokane, and we were <laughs> one of the only few churches that, that yeah. stayed open yeah. and saw through it. Yeah. And so we can't change what happened in the past, but the commitment is to go forward. So I'm just going to very quickly here read. You can, you can go to our website. Here's the link on our website if you want to read it yourself. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read these seven commitments that we're making. We will advance the cause of Christ and our Christ-centered convictions at all costs and without compromise. Number one. Number two, we will uphold the Constitution of the United States of America and our individual states. Number three, we refuse to conform to or condone unconstitutional mandates or decrees. Number four, we refuse to close down our churches, our businesses, or our meeting centers again. Number five. We refuse to push any medical treatment, masks, test, untested shots, etc., as being spiritual or Christ-like responsibility or as safe and effective. Number six, we will, this is, gonna, this is a hard one for some, we will not financially depend on the government by relying on them for aid to sustain the ministry we trust God to provide for. And number seven, we as believers, pastors, ministry leaders, Christian fathers and mothers, Christian business owners, and medical professionals are united together to unapologetically give our personal support to all who stand with us. Legislators, law enforcement, pastors, anybody, you stand with us, we're going to stand with you. And for the support of this Declaration of Dependence, with a firm reliance on God's providence, provision, and protection, we mutually pledge to honor Christ and offer ourselves as holy and living sacrifices, giving our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred reputation. That's the end of this declaration. Amen? So please go read it, sign it, share it with your your churches from other parts of the country. So I'm going to wrap up with this three things. Number one, the Bible is the only answer for where we're at. The word of God, folks, this is it. We are in a time of choosing. We are in a time of decision. Who do we serve? I'm going to serve the one who gave us the truth. I'm going to serve the one who gave us the word. And this is my sword and this is my weapon. Number two, armor up. Armor up for battle. We are in a massive, the, the, listen, if you believe we're in the last days, that means that at the same time that we're going to see the greatest outpouring of God's spirit, at the same time, you're going to see the manifestation of the greatest demonic activity. And so therefore, we got to armor up, know who we serve and who's standing behind this. It's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And I want to remind you, He's coming back. You remember he's coming back? The king of kings is coming back. And so you remember how he's coming back? I, I got to read this. I got two minutes. I got to read this from Revelation 19. Okay, if you have your Bibles. And because I, I want you to see the description. For all those woke churches out there uh, that, that think that Jesus was just a very uh, soft-spoken pacifist, you know, that... Uh, you know, he, he, he just petted everybody. He just walked around petting. He just petted the children. He petted the lamb. He petted everybody. He, all he was doing all day was just petting. Petting, petting, petting. Hello, come here. Pet, pet, pet. Come here, come here. And that's all Jesus did. Never offended anybody. Never upset anybody. Never overturned anything. He was loved by all. Nobody hated him. He was the most popular person on the planet. And, and, and he, 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 he spoke and operated to win friends and and what's that expression uh, that's it win friends and influence people that's all he did right that's what that's what the bible tells us he did right here's the description now i saw this this is the description of the king of kings coming back i just want to leave you with this image today because this is why we stand i stand because i know what the future holds amen i stand because i know i know listen if I'm going to make a decision to answer this question, here's the question today, right? Choose today. Who are we going to serve? Okay, amen. Amen. Now I saw heaven opened. 19 verse 11. I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. 
and in righteousness he judges and makes war. Jesus judges and makes war. Hmm. Because that's not the Jesus I'm hearing from the American church. His eyes were like, like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. Jesus? What? And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies of in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. That's the word, right? And that with it, he should strike the nations. Hmm. So far, that's not the version that I'm hearing about in the woke churches. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written. You remember what it is? King of kings and Lord of lords. That's whom we serve. Whom do you serve? That's who I serve. Amen? And that King of kings and Lord of lords is soon coming. So body of Christ, brothers and sisters, armor up, get ready, occupy. Whatever time we have, let's make it count. Give him all honor and glory. Do not in one inch capitulate to the, to the devil. Resist the devil at every turn. Be faithful to the very end. God will bless you. God will honor you. And even if you go to glory before he comes back, you're going to win because he deserves all our glory. Amen? God bless you guys.